Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcasts. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. To find out more about them and any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com where you'll find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Irina Castellano. Now, if you've not heard of Irina before, she's an authorized foster carer who's dedicated to providing safe homes for vulnerable children. Now, her work has actually been featured in interviews with SBS German Radio, and the Meaningful Monday radio show. She also runs the nationally recognized Shared Lives programs and open adoption sessions. Using her over 20 years of experience, Irina provides awareness and education around all aspects of fostering. She offers professional one-on-one support, training, and guidance to all potential foster carers and hopeful adoptive parents. Along with her husband and three children, Irina has provided a home to over 70 children. Her upcoming memoir will cover the trials, tribulations, and joy she's experienced on her foster and adoptive journey. So please join me in welcoming to the show Irina, hello, how are you? Hello, Ben, and thank you for having me. Now, I really uh, hope I've done my best to pronounce your name with the correct accents, and I know I probably haven't done the best job of that, so forgive me if I didn't quite land it on the spot. But I want to say, I know we've had lots of conversations in the past, and I, and I know your whole mission really is to just help these vulnerable children to find these incredibly loving environments where they can grow and thrive, and I just find that to be such a, a, a beautiful way to spend a person's life. And I'm always curious, you know, there, there's so many things that you can dedicate your life to. There's so many things that you could have chosen. But here we are today having a discussion about foster care. Why are we talking about foster care? What happened to get us to this point? Well, it all kind of started off that I read a book when I was younger, a child called It. And that was my first ever read about you know fostering so I never even knew that that existed so I knew at a very young age that one day I wanted to foster I wanted to adopt and I wanted to have my own kids it took quite a while to find my prince (laughs) so (laughs) when I finally found him I was already a bit you know older myself so when I found my husband and you know also him traveling 200 days a week uh, 200 yeah 200 days a year um, throughout our, you know, first time of kind of, you know, moving in together and everything, it didn't really help our journey in starting our family. And we then kind of, you know, thought, oh, I had the extra time. I wanted to foster already. And then later on, it took us also to IVF. And then I, you know, found out how many people were actually also struggling to start a family. And for me, that that is my key thing, as much as you say that, you know, it's great that I want to find homes for these kids. I also want to create families for families who would like to have kids and are struggling to have these in their lives. And nowadays, there are so many different ways of doing it. And I mean, sure, there are also heaps of, you know, IVF clinics, 
but it doesn't work for everybody. Mm. And we were lucky. We, you know, we, we also have a biological child, but we also adopted two children out of the um, out of home care system. And that's where over the years I've started to recommend to so many people to go down the fostering route in order to, first of all, help these kids. But if you're patient and you have time, then, you know, there's bound to be a child that cannot be restored to their family. And then these kids need permanency. So either they can get it through, you know, being in permanent care orders, or you can apply for guardianship for these kids, or you can go down the route of adoption. And a lot of people think adoptions, local adoptions in Australia are incredibly hard. And yes, it was like that in the past, but a lot of things have changed because research has shown that kids need permanency and they cannot hop in the system and go from one family to the next uh, because of the circumstances of the family and you know they cannot find permanency. So we need to make sure that after the latest of two years, kids in care know if they are going to be reunited or if they have found a permanent home. So I, I so just I want to go back a little bit. So you read this book called A Child Called, called It. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in that book, what you had some kind of awakening, I guess, it was it, was it you got exposed to a new idea or perhaps you, what was it about the book that, that, I had a very privileged childhood. I traveled at a young age with my family because my father was an engineer. So we moved from one country to another. And then this was my first contact. And I had seen poverty. I had seen, you know, kids maybe struggling in families. But in that particular book, it is that that child was singled out among the siblings and been really mistreated by his birth mother. And I just could not comprehend it. And I I just really felt for that child. So I was 13 years old and I thought, if I ever find out that a child is going through this, I would give it a home. And then I heard that that child moved from foster home to foster home. And also the experiences within those foster homes were not all good. And I, I just found that really not great, you know. So I thought, well, if I ever could help a child and provide a good foster home, that's what I wanted to do. Mm. I think... A lot of people go down the fostering route for a number of different reasons. What do you find is the most common thing that that sets a person or a couple down that path of wanting to foster? What's the reasons that they want to take pursue that journey? Oh, we've got all kinds of different people applying for it. And it's not the typical family kind of union that it used to be. Nowadays, you can also apply for fostering as a single person. You can be in a same-sex relationship. You can be from all kinds of backgrounds, Mm -hmm. but people have different reasons for wanting to create a family, either because, you know, like I said, they couldn't um, have their own biological kids or they have had kids. They have, you know, moved out of the house. They're now empty nesters and they would love to have kids again in the house. Some, ki- some people only have like one child and would like to give their child a sibling and it's mm-hmm. not been working the natural way. So that's another way. And there's all kinds of different reasons. And of course, other people that know about the care system, either their parents have been fostering or they were exposed to, through it through somebody at work that was talking about it. So there's all kinds of different people that come into fostering, but we just need more of them. I mean, we have 46,000, 47,000. It always fluctuates within those two figures for the last 20 years that I've been doing it, or we've been doing it as a family. 
And within those, we are always constantly looking for, for people. So we do not have enough. Every night there are kids being removed and we're, you know, if <laughs> you could be placed with a child pretty quickly once you're authorized. And it just really depends if it's a good match and how flexible you are. So just so, so that number, 45 to 46,000, that's the number of kids. In, in, care, in, in the care system all over Australia, but just mm-hmm. here in New South Wales, we, we have, you know, between 16 and 17,000 at any given time. 16 and 17,000 vulnerable children that are uh, looking to be placed with no, they're already placed, but we're always looking for at least, you know, three, four hundred families. At any given time. Yeah. And, you know, some foster families, they don't just have one kid. They have several kids, so they take in a, a sibling group. So just because it's, you know, 16,000 kids in care, for example, in New South Wales, doesn't mean that it's 16,000 families. It could be that, you know, some families have several kids, but it is that we are always looking for at least three, four hundred families or new homes at any given time. Okay. So is it also that, I guess, so there's a bit of a shortage, is there, of people raising their hand up and saying, you know, I'd like to do this? Or is it that there are the people there, but they're confused? Like, what would you say? Are, are the people wanting to do it, but they, they're confused by the process? Or there's just not enough people that are actually wanting to do it? I think the one shocking thing that I always find out because I'm also on the panel where you know I hear about reasons why people want to foster and maybe why they haven't done it earlier one of the shocking ones is always for me that they have contacted one or two agencies but the agencies didn't get back to them I mean that for me is like (laughs) that shouldn't happen at all because if you have people who are willing and they do the first step and then they did get discouraged because they don't hear back I mean that should not be the case and I would hope that that is still the minority, but these are cases, for example, too. Or some people, they think about it, they've Googled a bit, but they don't really know where to start. And then when you, there's a lot of information on the internet, pretty much everything is there. But a lot of people don't understand that there are over 50 agencies, for example, just in New South Wales, that you can choose from, and they don't know which one to go with. Mm. So they, they are, you know, some agencies, they, they specialize in, in youth, some agencies specialize a bit more in babies that come up for adoption. Some specialize with for children with disabilities. So you have different agencies doing different things. And I think for, maybe it's just really overwhelmed for many people as well. And some are just thinking about it, but never really doing something about it. And I would like to prompt these people to give me a call. And any doubts, anything that they think, or oh, is it actually going to impact my family life a lot or how will it impact my biological children or all these questions that they might have they can ask me without thinking oh I'm talking to the agency who might hmm, if I ask that question not authorize me mm-hmm. so that's the whole purpose of me now doing this because I just want to get more people on board so whoever is thinking about it for them to contact me and then let's see if fostering would fit into their lives or not and there's so, never a perfect time, just like it's never a perfect time really to be pregnant. <laughs> you know, there's always a reason for why it doesn't suit you at this point in time or whatever else. So, yeah. So there's lots of different. So you said there's over 50 agencies just in Sydney, Australia alone. In New, New South, South Wales, yeah. New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And they all have varying uh, specialities. Mm-hmm. 
And when I'm looking to pick an agency, is, am I starting with the age of the child? Is, is that a first consideration? What, like, what is the first step? Let's say I'm sitting at home right now, I'm listening to this podcast, and I've, I've been considering it. I mean, obviously, the first step is to call you immediately and speak to you. That, that will always be the first step, in my opinion. As a, as a person at home, though, do, what do they need to start thinking about? Because, you know, until you said age then and the different um, agencies and specialists, I would not have thought of that. Mm. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made that something that would have entered my mind. So is that something that a lot of people do need to consider? Like what is the age of the person I want to adopt, uh, the, that I want to foster or potentially adopt? Look, I think the first thing is to look at the two, three points that are pretty much across the board for all agencies. So the number one thing would be that you are over the age of 18, preferably even older, you know, mid twenties would be more ideal so that you have a bit of an experience. They would also like to, if you are in a relationship that you've been in the relationship for a while, because then at least, you know, we know that it's all settled before you add a new component to it, that you also have a spare room that would be one of the considerations and that you are a resident here in Australia so that you're you know we don't want you to be moving on within six months or within a year because what we want is stability for these children so if you have those basics then pretty much all agencies could work for you but then of course some are more willing to work um, you know with people who have a faith background like if you think of you know Catholic or any any other faith or for example, that you are from the LGBTQ community, so that you look at agencies who are more willing and more open to that. Not all agencies are, unfortunately yet. So, you know, those would be considerations that you would need to look into. So, so then, the basics are, I'm, I'm over 18, I've got a spare room in my place, and I'm not looking at moving states. Is that what you mean by moving on? Is that no, if you don't have residency, that you're not moving away from Australia. If you're moving oh, state, okay. you could transfer. So that's not so much. It's not, you know, it depends. Then, of course, it's a totally different subject again, because if that child has contact visit with birth family, you wouldn't want them to move on. But then if you adopt a child, you're also moving here and there. So those are considerations that come further down the line. But more that you have residency, that, you know, the chances of you now in between the process or just being placed with a child that you're not moving somewhere else. That's more it. Got it. So once I've got those three things under, under control and I tick those three boxes, what do I typically do next? Then you could contact somebody like me <laughs> who then looks in the area where you are living, what agencies would be of consideration. Because, I mean, we also want to make sure that these foster potential foster carers are for example, attending training, a lot of it nowadays, of course, because of COVID is online as well, but that your agency is not that far away. So we would be looking at agencies that are in your area so that you can maybe also access, access support groups, that you can actually contact other foster carers that are with the same agency or even with other agencies, but that you could have a network. So we would look at agencies in the area and then I would just, you know, give them a list of agencies that are in that area and then they can choose which one they want to go with and then take it from there. But in the meantime, I would give them other considerations on, for example, what, you know, how it works with contact visits, how you could prepare your own kids, how you prepare the room, how you have your house ready, how you work with your extended family and prepare them for a child's arrival because not 
maybe everybody will be on board or as supportive. So these are all considerations to look at so that they can yeah, plan a bit better and also be ready for the assessor that comes to the house and does all the home visits on what they're looking out for to say that the home is safe. So it needs to be child proof, depending on what age group you're looking at, so that the house is safe, that, you know, you have whatever else, fire extinguishers, or that you have a first aid kit in the car, all these little bits and pieces that you could already prepare so that when the assessor comes in the house that you know it goes pretty straightforward and you know what your support network is and all these other things so uh, just say i'm looking to become a foster parent mm -hmm. what do you find that has not been considered by that potential foster like what are the, the the surprises or the things that they oh i didn't expect that or i wasn't thinking of that like what are some of the things that you found over the i mean you've been doing this for over two decades now what are some of the things that people weren't aware of or they, they didn't think to consider on that journey that kind of surprised them? I think not everybody knows how important it is to have contact with birth family. Mm. I find it absolutely vital and I'm absolutely pro it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the, whenever you have contact with birth family, the children can also form their own opinion and can also understand where they are coming from in terms of identity, in terms of culture. It's really putting all the pieces of the puzzle for the child together. And it's really, really important that they do have contact if it is safe and if it's possible. So that is one thing that I think a lot of people are first apprehensive or they're, they didn't expect that. Uh, they thought, you know, once the kid is in foster care, that's it. Um, that's a big one that a lot of people don't seem to yeah, think about when they go into fostering. And I cannot highlight how important it is, how vital it is for the child and how, if you are supportive of the contact, how much that will really help the child deal with everything that has happened in the past. And just because, you know, these children come from maybe neglected home, homes or any other issues, it doesn't mean that they are not loved. So the love that they receive from the birth family, and could be grandparents, it could be siblings, it could be whoever that is important for that child, that's a big part of the child's past that is really, really important. So that's one of the things that, yeah, that I think a lot of people don't realize when they come into it. Also that, you know, it has changed that now within two years, the court will decide if a child is being restored or if it goes more into permanent care in other directions. So if you're, I actually think even adoption later down the track for me, it should always really start with fostering because you get a feel for what it means to take on a child that, you know, has not had the nine months with you beforehand, that a child that has a past that maybe even has, you know, some kind of trauma um, that, I mean, most kids in care do have a trauma history so that you learn how to deal with that, how to see maybe how you would change your parenting style in order to accommodate certain triggers for the child that, you know, you weren't aware of until it is placed with you. I mean, certain things that you need to, yeah, really grow with. So I, I do believe that training is absolutely vital, that you learn about trauma-informed care practices, that you're open to embracing birth family wherever possible, and that you're just 
making yourself available to providing a safe home. You do the best that you can, but you learn and grow as you go along. So with the, the process, uh, with this, uh, uh, their, their family visits or, sorry, what, what phrase do you use for it? It's the... Contact visits. Contact visits. Mm-hmm. That, that's obviously organised through the... Yeah, the departments or the agency. The department, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like from a parenting journey, foster care you know i i don't want parents out there to take this the wrong way but it sounds like foster care provides an additional growth element to it like there's it sounds like people go down that foster care journey there is you know more growth setting i think that's the thing you know when you're when you're a parent on your own sure if you're lucky you have grandparents or you have uncles and aunties and you have something but in in the fostering system you're doing it in a team setting you have other people who are involved and you need to be a team player you need to advocate for the kids needs because you're the one who's living with them on a 24-hour basis so you know the child the most (laughs) i would think so that you actually work with in a team setting i think that's what you're getting at that it's not so much you as a parent only um, it has other aspects to it because it is, you know, whatever else the child needs because the, the focus is on the child and we all work around it mm. or work around to provide the best care for this child, but you're not doing it on your own. And initially you don't have as much say as you would, uh, you know, if it is your own personal child, of course, because yeah, you need to consider everybody else that works on that case. It's, it's an incredible idea. I know you've provided a home to over 70 children uh, on this journey. What, what's some of the things that, I, I guess, the, the beautiful experiences that, that you have ex- taken away from it that, that you probably didn't consider before doing it? You know, like, and I, I don't want to sound a bit, what are some of the rewards that, that you have got? I mean, 70 children is just amazing. Like, that's an incredible contribution you've made to this, this uh, concept. Well, so- I mean, they, they stay for different amounts of times, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just a few weeks until they could find maybe a grandparent and, you know, they can move on and be with the birth family because that's always the aim. We shouldn't take a child out of its birth family, if, you know, if not needed. So some kids only stay for a little while, but when they come and they are, let's say, very shy or they don't have much self-confidence or you know I've had a little boy who when I said oh can you press the button for the remote and open the garage and he's like I can't do that I was like why not oh I'm too little I'm too dumb I'm too you know I was like what (laughs) says who to press that button and just open the remote uh, open the garage door and then he pressed it and he was like this moment of I can do something, I can actually do something. And then, you know, it became an issue because every time I wanted to quickly get into the car, he was like, I'm doing the remote, I'm taking my, I'm, you know. So it was just beautiful to see the tiny little things like that mm. give a child a boost, you know. Or, for example, I had a child that came to me with one set of school uniforms. He was smelling like anything. And suddenly he took forever in the bathroom. Like before, when I said, please wear fresh uniform, wear fresh underwear. Every day you change it. And, you know, it was like, no, I don't need to. No, I never did that and so on. And then 
Suddenly, I couldn't get him out of the bathroom. He took such pride in his appearance. He wanted aftershave. And, and suddenly, it made a big difference. He said, oh, suddenly, people like to sit beside me. And they don't tell me that I smell. And, you know, it, it all makes a huge difference. And, and yeah. then they, they start to pay attention to schoolwork. Like when I said, oh, do you have homework? Oh, no, no, I did it in school. Okay, well, so there's nothing you need help with. Not nothing. And then I would be working with my daughter. And then they said, well, I did this. And then, you know, I would get this crunched up paper. And I said, well, hmm, maybe we should, you know, I don't know, maybe it would be nicer if it's nice and clean and tidy. Um, no, my teacher doesn't care. Okay, but why don't you care how you hand in the pieces of paper? Or, oh, nah, nah, it's okay. And so she walked off. And then after a while, I was finished with my daughter. And she came back. She said, actually, if you if you copy it again and if you want me to redo it I could redo it and I said brilliant and then you know every day then she came and she wanted to do her homework and on Fridays she was prepared for her spelling test and she you know on a Friday morning she would say oh it feels so good to actually be prepared for that spelling test and I'm doing so well my teacher actually praised me I mean these are the little highlights mm -hmm. that you know show that a child just needed a bit of support needed to know that it was worthy of your time, worthy of your attention. And that, yeah, and, and to show them that, you know, with a bit of organization, with a bit of guidance, they can actually achieve big things. And when they are told that, you know, they are not as great, as good as, you know, as others, and then you tell them, well, I think you are. And yes, I think you can do that. And it's like, wow, what, what? Somebody believes in me. So, I mean, that in itself is <laughs> why we do it. Mm, sounds like such a rewarding experience. It's like for the, the people out there that are already parents, they get additional elements and learnings and moments, but also for people that, are, you know, on that journey of struggling to become parents, that mm -hmm. it also provides such an incredible experience along the way. Um, I, I know that a lot of people out there want to take that next step. And I know you've got this incredible gear up program where you take people through a, a four-week journey of knowing exactly step-by-step step what to do, how to have your conversations, what to look for. I mean, you, you literally save people near on decades of their life of research and definitely streamline the process. To, uh, you know, what I love about what you do is that you make it so simple for someone to want to go out there and provide this family environment, to want to be a foster carer, and you just help them navigate it in such a seamless process. You know, this, this four-week program you put together is, is remarkable in, in what it provides. And I know that a lot of people uh, want to find out more. And I know that they can reach out and contact you. I know, I know on your website, there's a, there's a booking button right there where they can book in for these uh, free 30-minute consults with you where mm -hmm. you sit down and uh, you really just help them find out, are they the right match? Are they going to be the right fit for foster care? And if they are, then you show them, here are the best agencies. Here's, you know, how you get your house right. Here's, so what, I just love that you, you can't make it any easier because I know that sitting on the sidelines, just even the thought of foster care is just so complex to the, to the average person out there. Yet in four simple weeks, you can just step them all the way, way through that. So I just want to say to the listeners, that are, are online right now, it's really important that you check out Elena's 
website, and I'll, I'll spell the website for you. It's I-R-I-N-A-C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-O.com.au. Now, it's going to be very easy for you to be able to find that anyway, because it'll be connected to this podcast. Um, but I, I just have to recommend to everybody out there, and I don't mean to hijack your interview now, but I, I just I want everybody really to reach out because if you're sitting there thinking about it or you want to make a difference and you want to help these vulnerable children and, and you want to really have that family experience or extend your existing family and get those moments, then it would be insane not to do it with, with you holding their hand because, you know, I, I just can appreciate how complicated it must seem for someone who's trying to take that, that next step. So again, the program's called Gear Up and it's a, it's a four-week program that uh, Irina takes you through and it, uh, it really is quite a remarkable, remarkably simple um, process. What, what I want to say is for the people out there that are listening in right now, what is the, the tip that you'd like to share or the, the number one piece of advice if I want to go down this foster caring journey or potentially you know, the journey of adoption, what's your, you know, your big message, your big tip, the big idea? What would you say to our listeners out there? Just not to overthink it. Just give it a go. Just look into it more detailed. I'm here to answer you any, any questions that you may have. Just do the 30 minutes and just ask what you, what you want to ask. And I'm more than happy to give you the answers. And then if you want to go on the program, great. And if you go on it and just start your fostering journey. That's all I want. I want to raise awareness. I want to make sure that people are aware that we have this possibility here in Australia and you don't need to go abroad to do anything similar. I mean, you know, of course it's great to, and we've adopted a child from abroad as well. So, you know, great, but I know that there are huge wait lists now after COVID and everything else. So we have children waiting for homes here in Australia. And I really thank you for this opportunity, Ben. And that's all I want to raise awareness and for people to come forward to just ask any questions they could possibly have and let's sort it. Because yeah, I think people think about foster care as this lifetime commitment as well. I think, I think they carry potentially a wrong level of, of an idea to it because foster caring, it starts with little steps and then you foster care for a child and that may be a couple of weeks to a couple of months and then you recalibrate and then you have another, you know, you, you foster care another child. That could be a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. And so I, I think uh, also one of the things from speaking to you in the past, I didn't realise that I'm not making a lifetime commitment to this. I'm, I'm literally saying let's, let's create this family unit. Let's be part of the solution. Let's provide a loving, caring home for a vulnerable child. And then let's see if that is, is something that I continue to do. You know, and I think that's another important thing for me that I didn't consider in the past because for some reason I created it as a, I become a foster care forever. You know? But people realize that they've got to at least begin the journey and see if it aligns with them. You know, and, and, and you can even become a respite carer. So you can say, look, it doesn't suit me to, you know, be that flexible that kids come in short notice or that, um, you know, I need to really commit to certain months or whatever. But you can say, I'm more than happy to give another foster family a break by taking the kids for mm -hmm. one weekend a month or oh, wow. one, one weekend every blue moon or to give, mm -hmm. you know, to be a respite carer if somebody 
um, needs to go into hospital and can't look, you know, if it's a single carer and can't look after the kids and the kids need respite to say, yeah, okay, I'm happy to do that. So you can do all kinds. If you, once you're authorized, you tell us, I mean, you can pick and choose what age group you want, how many kids you want, how, when you are available, when you're not available. I mean, you help us to keep these kids safe. So you are the volunteer here and we are working around what you can offer. Nice. I, I, so I think that's you know an additional option that, that people would absolutely not have considered as well. Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing this idea and for really dedicating your life to helping these vulnerable children find a safe home environment. It's just a beautiful type of service that you provide to the world. So uh, thank I know you. our it's listeners. Opportunity, ben, and I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Would do it again in a heartbeat to start that journey. Yeah. I love it. And, and for the listeners out there, if you haven't picked up a copy of uh, her brand new international best-selling book, Elevate Your Performance, make sure you do so because inside that book, Irina really does break down step-by-step step the process uh, that you can follow. But also the most important thing I would suggest to everyone is just reach out as soon as possible and get on the phone for one of these consults. So um, you can be taken through it step-by-step step and she can hold your hand every, every step of the way. So once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Ben. Right. Thank you. And once again, if you want to find out more about Erina or any of the other authors, you can do so by visiting elevatebooks.com forward slash authors. And always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.